Sure is a joy, sure is an honor to be here. And uh, it didn't have us through Americus, but it did have us through Albany. And uh, I don't know how far that is, but on the GPS it didn't look that far away. So uh, I don't know how far away that is, but uh, it sure is good to be here. And I was talking to a preacher on the way here and asked him, you know, you've never been nowhere. You don't know how it is. And you asked him, how, how is this place? And they had a word and said it was an oasis. And boy, you want to talk about a word to say about a church, a testimony. You go in a lot of churches, you ask that to the preacher and it ain't nothing like that. It's, it's, you're going to be preaching to them walls or you, you better, you better just come just expecting this and they'll give you a long line of list things and ain't never good. And, uh, you, before you walk in there, you're scared to death of everyone. You're like, man, these people are going to tear me up. And the word they said is an oasis. And I couldn't think of a better word to hear from a church that it's an oasis. If you got your Bibles turned to Exodus 15, I do want to thank the preacher for letting us come. And I, I really mean it wasn't looking to preach, but I always love preaching. And when he asked me, I said, I, I sure would love to. And I want to look at uh, blessings in bitter places. You know, every one of us will get to some bitter places in our life. God sends every one of us through trials. And the Bible says in James that, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. I was talking about trials there if you keep on reading. He said, Knowing this, that the trying your faith work of patience, but let patience have our perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That tells me that every one of us will go through trials. It's not a matter of if in that verse. It says when. When you're tried. There's one thing that will come to every one of us. Two things. You will be tried and you will be tempted. That Bible says that both of them, it's when it happens. It's not if it's going to happen. You may be on cloud nine today and praise God for it. But tomorrow could be one of your darkest days. You might be in one of your darkest days today. And these children of Israel, they've been brought out of Egypt and they're going to come in this passage of Scripture to some bitter waters, some bitter place in their life. But they found something that was at this bitter place and it was a blessing. They found something sweet where it once was sour. And today I pray just to come by this church and just for a minute with the Word of God, put it in your heart maybe. And maybe you find some sweet water in your soul. Maybe in this trial and your burden and your storm and your desert, you may just find a little drop of honey in the bucket. You might just find a little oil in the cruise. You might just find something from the Lord, from the Word of God. And in Exodus 15 and verse number 22, and the Bible says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And there's a kicker of all of this. The Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and ordinance, and there he proved them. Verse 26 says, And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandment, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I do want to say this real quick. They knew God could deliver them from Egypt. They knew God can, He was powerful. They knew He could send all these plagues on them. He knew that God could do all these mighty wonders. But you may say, why am I going through this trial? Why am I going through this heartache? They figured out something in this text that they did not know about God yet that God could heal them. See, they haven't known God that long. They only knew that God's a mighty big God in, a, in just a span of a few days. All He did was bring lies. He brought the dark 
darkness into Egypt. He killed the firstborn that they were delivered by the blood. They saw the Red Sea parted. That's all they knew about God. And God had to bring them through some certain things in their life that they could know something else about them. And you know what you'll find in the valley? That he's a lily of it. You know what you find there? That he's a rose of Sharon. If you don't ever get put there, you'll never know it. You'll never know he's a captain of your ship unless you're in bad shape and you need a captain. You'll never know he can calm a storm unless he has a storm come your way. You'll never know he's in the fire until you're in the fire. You'll never know some things about God until you get in some bitter places. And they found themselves at some bitter places. But you know, they said, they said that God said, the reason why I brought you here is I want you to know I am the Lord that healeth thee. Not only can I save you, but I sure can heal you. I'm glad in my life there's some things come up in my life, boy. I'm glad I know one that can heal me. I know I can know one that can fix a problem quicker. Not I've tried in my personality. I'll stay up all night. I'll twiddle. Buddy, I'll try to run every avenue, every direction, thinking this might work, this might work. But there's one God in heaven above who knows my every need. He knows the number of hairs on my head. And just in a split second, he could change things that I would never be able to. He's a God that heals them. Blessings in bitter places. Before we get into this context, so I think it's important to know the context right before this. Exodus 15.1. The Bible says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this psalm. It goes to the next 21 verses telling about this psalm. This is the first time singing's found in your Bible. You tell me there's been 65 chapters and not a mention of a psalm. There's been 65 chapters and not a mention of singing. Why has there been no singing? Why all of a sudden are these people singing? Why all of a sudden are these a whole nation, a million some people? Why are they all of a sudden singing and shouting? They have joy in their soul. Can I tell you why? It was because they had great riches. It was because they were something known in this world. It's because they've been brought out of Egypt. See, they were bondage for 400 years. They couldn't get away if they wanted to. They were enslaved just like me and you were to sin. We couldn't get away if we wanted to. But thank God for the day when I was a six-year-old boy. I got saved. I got saved. I got saved. And when they got brought out of Egypt, they went through the Red Sea and God did something for them nobody could do. He saved their soul from this world. And right when they crossed over, what they do? They start singing. You know, if you could only have your song on how things are going, you ain't going to have too much of a song. So many times people only have a song because they got money in the bank. What you going to do when you have no money in the bank? Is that going to steal your song? What you gonna do so many times, the child of God, you go places, and so many people's lost their soul. Boy, it happens to anyone. I don't care how good you may be of a Christian. You one day you can just realize you ain't got your soul like you used to have. There ain't a song in your soul. You let the things of this world get to you. You've hung your harp on the willows. I wonder, do you still have a song here today? But see, if you know what your song's about, you might get your song back. You ain't had a song probably because your things that's going on in your life, your family maybe. Could be troubles at home. Could be wayward children. It could be a long list of many things. And you have no song. You ain't sang a song to God. You've had no joy in your soul for a long time. And you don't think you ever will until something gets fixed. I've been that way many times. I says, right when this clears, right when this gets better, I'm going to be shouting at church. I'm going to be loving the Lord. I'm going to have a big smile on my face. But what if it doesn't? Is that going to take your song? So many times we let the enemy, we let trials, we let tribulations take our song. But they have a song. What I like about singing, God likes singing. You ever wonder why, boy, I'm singing here today already? You're talking something to help your soul. 
Well, when you start singing the right kind of thing, you don't realize people are around. And I just feel like we're in heaven. You know why? Because they're going to be singing in heaven. The Bible says He's going to give all of us a new song. God likes singing so much, we're going to be doing it forever. I can't wait for that day. I'm going to be singing like I ain't never. I don't sing that good, but I can't wait for that day. You ought to hear me then. You know why you ought to have a song? Because you're saved. God likes singing so much. He said that's how you come before His presence. With singing. You know, we don't just sing at the beginning. Every church I've ever been to, we always sing at the beginning. And that ain't just a tradition of men. It's not just something we do. That's how you come into God's presence. I don't care if it was a prayer meeting anywhere I've ever been. And I've been to places that do all kinds of stuff. It ain't, you're not, but you know what they all do? They all start singing. You know why? Because biblically in Psalms 100 says, come before His presence with singing. You ever wonder why in church, when you come in here, you start singing this congregation? Why everyone, it seems like, sings? You know why? Because you're all coming together saying, God, we sure do need you today at church. God, we sure do want to come before your presence. He likes singing that much. He said, you want to come to my presence? You just start singing. You know, help your prayer life sometimes, bring your hymn book in there. You know, help your prayer life sometimes, bring your song book in there. Bring your song on your heart. Because God likes singing. He said a spirit-filled person will speak to themselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in their heart unto the Lord. See, I, I, you better believe I'll be the one. Y'all probably already tell by now. I'll take off. I mean, I'll have me a good time at church. But you know what? That ain't a sign of being spirit-filled. I've seen people before, they'll take off, and it's just for show. And you get done with them, they ain't changed. They don't love the Lord hardly. They're just going about their own business. But you know what? A good sign of you being spirit-filled is you got a song in your heart to the Lord. You ever been down the road going and all of a sudden just something, a song's on your soul. Something comes on on the CD. And boy, God just comes in that. And it's just you and God. And you're worshiping God. You're alone with God with thanksgiving. That's how it should be. I wonder, do you still have your song? They had a song. What I like about their song, their song is about God. You know why a lot of times we don't have a song, like I said earlier, it's about us. My song about me, like he said, the preacher said, boy, I mess up so much. My song about me ain't going to last too long. But a song about God's grace is going to last a while. A song about amazing grace is going to last a while because I need a lot of grace. A song about God's love is going to last a long time because it's an everlasting love. But when I sing songs, that there's so many songs in our day and hour, it gets you more focused on us and not for God. You know what will help you in your time of trouble is not looking at yourself. So many times we look too much at ourselves when we're in trouble. That's what gets us even even more trouble. But if you just look your eyes toward heaven, you look your eyes toward God, you'll have a song. They had a song, and it was about the Lord 33 times. You can go back and look in these 21 verses. The pronouns, he, thou, thy, all referring to God, was used 33 times in 21 verses. That's a big time song about God. We ought to get our songs scripturally how they are scripturally, should we not? Well, what's scripturally a song? A song's about God. I get worried sometimes when I hear a song and the song don't hardly ever mention God. You're worried, if you just took out one or two lines, it ain't nothing to do with God. You want know a song that helped your souls? A song about God. And what I liked about it, they song, look in verse number two, Exodus 15, two, the Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. And you go in verse three through seven, they're thankful God was stronger than their enemies. He was stronger than Pharaoh. He was stronger than them chariots. You know, you ought to thank God here today while you ought to have a song, no matter what's going on in your life. 
No matter what your health is, no matter what your situation is, why should you have a song? Because God's stronger than every enemy you could ever think of. I don't care who it is, God is stronger. God proved to these children of Israel that He was stronger than their enemies. Someone they can never defeat, someone that they were oppressed by, someone they were afflicted by, but God Almighty brought them out, and God was stronger than their enemies. And I'm glad here tonight, God's stronger than my flesh. Boy, I deal with this flesh every day and so do you. And many days I feel like Romans 7. The things I would do that I don't do. I feel like I'm just a messed up individual because I am. But I'm glad things picked up business when he asked the question, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? So what? She kept talking about him. Ah, ah, you go back and look at Romans 7. You know why a lot of times you find yourself in Romans 7? Because your mind's about you. So many times I found myself in Romans 7 because it's about me and how messed up I am. But when he asked the question, who? That's when business picked up. Who shall deliver me? He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. And you know, you realize Romans 8, you go to Romans 8, he still is caught up on that who. That who he found out. He said, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? If God be for us, who? To be against us. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that day. Yeah, rather that is risen again. He said, who, who, who? You know why he got victory in Romans 8? Because his mind got on God. Our victory don't come from ourselves. Our victory don't come from a man. But I'm glad there is victory in Jesus. There's victory in Jesus. Boy, this flesh whoops me so many days, but I got good news. I got news to tell my own self that Jesus is greater. The Holy Ghost of God lives inside of my soul, and there ain't a sin, there ain't a problem, there ain't a thing that got a hold of me that God can't deliver me from. Don't we all get that way though sometimes in life? Or it seems that flesh has just got us. It's got us whooped. You ain't gonna get rid of that certain sin. You're not going to get rid of a certain issue that might be. And it seems like you'll never be able to win. Well, I got news for you. God's stronger than your flesh. I got news. He's stronger in this world. He said, be of good cheer. Why on earth should you be of good cheer? For I have overcome the world. You can see that in the next few verses. He was stronger than this world. That's a picture of Egypt too. But I like he's stronger than Pharaoh. Pharaoh's a picture of Satan. I'm glad in Genesis 3.15, he said that he would bruise, the seed of the woman would bruise his head. And he said that Satan's seed would bruise at the heel. I'm glad that on the day of the cross of Calvary, when the blood was shed, but it was on that third day. When he got up out of there, he did something no man ever done. And you know what he cried when Revelation said, when they, he said, I was he which was dead and am alive forevermore. But guess what he had with him? He had the keys of hell. You know why the gates of hell came prevail against us? Brother, I don't know one may be coming to this church. But you know why the gates of hell? I don't care if he lives at least everything from hell. Why it won't prevail against the church? Because Jesus Christ has the keys. Why should the church have a song? Why on earth should the child of God have a song? Because God is strong. He's greater. They couldn't get over how strong God was. Boy, they just seen God do a whole lot. You know how he got over how strong God is? God sure has done a lot for this old boy. He sure has done a lot in my home. He sure has done a lot for my family. He took things nobody else could ever take. And God Almighty is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my high tower. I'll say the Lord. Ain't nobody like him. Ain't that right? There ain't nobody like him. Why should the child of God have a song tonight? They have nobody like him. He's stronger than Satan. He's got the keys. Sometimes I just got, Lord, 
Will you take that key and just shut this gate for a little while? Boy, get on me big time. So, Lord, you got them keys, though. You can shut it in a heartbeat. I pray you just lock this gate just for a little while. Let me have a little peace, God. And have a song. Because of God's strength. Strength over the enemy. Not over the enemy, but over the elements. It says in verse 10, Thou did blow with thy wind, and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand. The earth swallowed them. Do you know there's been a message Brother Ron Garris used to preach about what the sea saw? Do you know what the sea saw that day? They saw God Almighty. And the Bible says when it saw Him, it fled. It parted. You know God's not only stronger over the enemy, He's stronger over the elements. He's stronger over the elements. You know, I'm glad I can read my precious King James Bible. And I can figure out God's stronger than any fire. You know how I know that? Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, stone in a fire hotter than any fire has ever been probably been hot. I mean, boy, seven times hotter. And the man that's trying to throw them in died. Well, guess what I figured out about them? Is God stronger? You know, they had so much liberty in there. They were bound before they went in there. You see, sometimes God may speak to you more. You know, sometimes it seems like the most special times with me and the Lord is through my hardest times. It seems like some days I can take you and almost every day I read the Bible. God gives me something so special. I know it helps me. But there's days I could read and read. And I'm, I'm, my heart is right. I'm trying to seem like there ain't hardly, I just ain't getting nothing. But it could be in my darkest times, I have the most liberty. And it's something they were bound. And in their fire, they had the greatest liberty. Because the Bible says they were walking. And they were no longer bound. The thing this world says would destroy them. The things this world says there ain't no hope. There's good news. He's stronger than elements. Boy, they had so much liberty. You ever been there when all hell's are raging? It seems like, buddy, everything's coming from every side. And you just, every day you walk with God, it seems like He's feeding you in the Word of God. He's answering prayers. You're seeing the power of God. You know why? Because He's the God over the elements. He was stronger than the fire. But I like you take the disciples. He showed them both ways. In the boat and outside the boat. He was stronger in that sea. Boy, the people, of all people, used the people that knew that seat better than anybody. Lived on it. And it got so bad. What, what kind of storm do you think it was so bad when they said, Master, care thou not that we perish? They didn't think they were going to make it. They'd been out. They knew them ours. This wasn't something that was just going to calm down. I don't believe they're exaggerating either. I really do believe. Then men, when it came and woke him up, unless they really did believe, this is probably it. Lord, don't you care? You know what the news is? Jesus was in that boat. Jesus might have been sleeping, but I guarantee you ain't no boat going down with Jesus. Jesus ain't drowning. You ain't never read Jesus drowning. And you know many times I have to think of that? I get in such bad shape, I feel like this is it, and I'm going to have to go wake him up. You don't understand God's too much on me. But if you just think God's in your boat, if you're a saved child of God, He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And friend, He'll be a friend that's thinking closer than a brother. I don't care what's going on in your life. God Almighty can take care of it. He showed them. Just a second. He calmed them seas. You know, they say, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and seas obey him. The children of Israel, they knew he was stronger, did they not, than the enemies. They just realized that, boy, he's stronger than my enemies. They just realized, boy, he's stronger than the waters, too. Not just my enemies. He's stronger than the elements of my life. And they even go on in a couple more verses that he's stronger than this earth. I read in verse 12 how it mentioned the earth. You see in verse 15 it says the dukes of Edom. It talks about the men of Moab, the inhabitants of Canaan. You know, I got good news for you. He's stronger than this earth. 
I don't care if it's Russia, China, America, Peru, Brazil. You could put all the countries together. And one day, I came, my mind came with Avenue. One day, there ain't no telling of what kind of number of multitudes I'll be. Because the Bible says there'll be things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. That every knee should bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. He's stronger than this earth. You know, I don't, boy, you get to watching enough news. I ain't saying something, but you get to watching enough of it. And you realize this earth's terrible. And boy, it'll have to take your song in a heartbeat. It will. You wait till election time comes again. There'll be people with no song for a long time. They don't go, they'll, they'll take their song quick. But you know what? He's stronger than this earth. Don't matter what's happening outside these walls. God is stronger than. And that is why they're singing. That's why they're singing. But now God leads them. Get into the text. It's important to know the context. You say, why are you talking about this song? Because the first time you see singing in your Bible is also the first time you see murmuring in your Bible. In the same chapter. Ain't that how we are as humans? Boy, I don't know about you, but boy, that's me. I can be, I'm talking about on quiet. I have the biggest smile every person. I say, how are you doing, man? I'm, I mean, I'm just fired up. Then all of a sudden, you give me by downfall. You give me nighttime. And boy, I'm a, Lord, I don't know why it's happening to me. God, what about them? Oh, Lord, I don't know what I've done to deserve this. Murmuring against God. Upset at God. You know, that's the way we are as humans, though, ain't it? We're so frail and weak, but I'm so glad God knows. The Bible says that the Lord pitieth them. He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. God knows we're just like that dust. He knows how weak we are. He knows how frail we are. Verse 22, the Bible says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So I see their situation. They have a song of deliverance here, don't they? They're singing, buddy. They're shouting. They've been saved. They have a song of deliverance. But now I see they're searching for a drink. And it's important to know this about this verse, that there's a cloud that led them here. In Exodus 13, you go back and read it. God gave them a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. We know this led them all the way until they crossed over into Canaan. There's always a cloud there. Wherever that cloud moved, guess where they did? They moved too. That cloud went, and when that cloud stayed, guess what? They set up shop. They put up the tavern. They stayed where that cloud was. Do you know what led them to the wilderness? Was God. They saw that cloud up there moving that way. And they said, well, we better get to going. There ain't no telling what God's about to do for us next. Buddy, Egypt just got Red Seas behind it. Boy, we better follow that thing for sure. And they start following it. And three days, they found no water. They're in the perfect will of God with no water. Sometimes that's the hardest thing in my life. When I search my own soul, search my own soul, Lord, am I in the will of God? Lord, am I right with God? This ain't chastisement, God, but this is so hard. You sure, Lord, I ain't done nothing wrong. They've done nothing wrong. You always better check. God is pretty quick at showing you, though. That's time for my life, buddy. I wasn't right with God. God showed me real quick. Boy, I better get right. When you ain't right with God and something happens in your life, you know what makes you do what I I better get right with God. When you're asking God, God, it's probably, you probably ain't, you probably ain't getting whooped. Meantime, I'm like, why well, I'm getting whooped, buddy. I know God, I better get right now. Jonah knew pretty quick. You show all them people in the Bible got chastised. They knew real quick they need to get right with God. When you're asking the other question, oh, Lord, why is this, Lord, is there something wrong with me? More likely God ain't whooping you. God will let you, you'll know real quick when you get right with God. But they're in the perfect will of God, following that cloud. In three days they found no water. 
You ever been in there? Sometimes that's the hardest place to be when you're coming to church. You're faithfully preaching. You're faithfully studying. Faithfully teaching. Taking care of the flock of God. You're faithfully leading the singing. You're faithfully singing for God. You're playing the guitar. You're faithfully just being a... You need church members. You might say, well, I ain't the preacher. I ain't all these things. God just don't care. But you better believe God cares. Just the same. This might not do you good, but it did me good. Me and my wife were talking. We are talking on the way over here about Elijah and that widow woman. She says, well, we're not Elijah, though. I said, yeah, I know. You definitely got that right. Boy, later I started going that day. The Lord said, you're just as like passions as Elijah. I care for you just the same as Elijah. You may say, well, God don't really care. I'm going through this. I ain't such and such. Boy, you're just the same to God. You're a child of God cares for you just the same. They found themselves falling in that cloud with no water. I like a word it says in the Bible. It says they found no water. You know that tells me? That they were searching. You ever been there in your life? You're in a bitter place, a troubled place. You're doing everything right. Yet you can't find no relief. And you've tried. You searched this one. Can you see that whole nation going there and they see this cloud? I bet one of them said, you go that way. And you try that way. And you, you've tried everything. You thought a new friend, a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend. I hope you ain't thinking a new marriage. I mean that. Boy, it's so real in this hour. Some of my closest people in the past couple of years to me, that's happened to they thought they, they, they couldn't find their water they were looking for in their own marriage. They had to search elsewhere. And I tell you, at the end of the day, you ain't going to find no other water. What you're going to find is a bunch of bitterness, a bunch of sorrow. Some people think just because they got a new vehicle, that's going to be their water. And you're going to find out, especially when that first bill comes, it ain't going to be your water. So many times we think so many things, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. We try, we try, we get in them hard places. We get in them, and we try this. I don't know if y'all do that. I sure do it. Boy, I think this right here, this will do it. If we just had one good service, I think that as a preacher, if I just, boy, if we just got in the glory, this will do it. And I search and search and search for a drink. You know, usually I come to conclusion, I found no water. They tried in the will of God to find water. And boy, it's rough. This ain't just they're on a recliner, air conditions blowing right in their face. They're getting cooled off. And there's they're in a hot desert. Not only are they in a hot desert that's a wilderness, they're also walking in it. Because they're about to come up tomorrow. They're walking in it. Now, you give me and you let me walk for about four or five hours, and it ain't got to be the hottest day, but you put the hottest day Georgia's had in a long time, and I'm walking four or five hours, and by the end of it, if I ain't got water, I'm going to be upset at everybody. I'm talking about I ain't waiting till nightfall. I'm upset. I'm going to go. I mean, it'll have me probably thinking some crazy things, boy. I'll, I'll go out there and drink that. i got to find me some water. You imagine going all that day, no water. What do you think they did the second day when they woke up and they still checked? Yeah, we're still under the cloud. We're still doing it right. We're still in the will of God, and yet there's no water. They walk some more, buddy. This ain't just a figurative in this Bible right here. It's not just just a picture that, that it's exaggerating. They really are about to die. Your body can't go long without water. They're in a messed up place. And they search. They have their little ones. You imagine being the provider of your home. Now, the man is looking around. Boy, my little boy. He ain't doing so hot. He ain't doing. You don't get that. He ain't doing so hot. It's hot out there in the wilderness. He ain't doing so good. 
Boy, Lord, don't you see my family? Lord, don't, I'm trying everything. I've been running. They've been running. We've all been running. And we find no water. You get to play. God, God, God will bring you a place like that. He brought them to a place like that. You ain't been there. You might want to just take this to your heart. It might not come tomorrow, but one day you'll find yourself there. You may be there today and I'll go, I pray this will help you. They found no water. Everything you're looking for, you won't find water in. They searched and searched and searched. And then look with me in verse 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. Look what it says. It says the waters of Marah. See, just a pond ain't going to help a whole nation. Boy, you just find a little creek, it ain't going to help a million something people. And I can see the one reporting that day to Moses. He's probably a young man, probably ran there real quick. Hey, hey, we have found, we found the answer. There's not just a one water. There's a bunch of water for us all. There's so much water. We can all drink from it. Can you see them young men, whoever was the fastest boy, they got down there quick running. I can see all of them trying to run behind them as quick as they could to this big body of water. There's a bunch of them. And the first one reached down, put it in their mouth. Bitter. Couldn't drink it. You ever been there where you finally think this is it? This is my relief. I found it. This is it. You may be here tonight and you think that you're in a trial, you're in trouble, and you think you found your Mara. To you, it looks like a bunch of water, but it really might just be water. It might just be Mara the next day when you figure out that's just as bitter. There ain't no help in it. They drank and it was bitter. You know that speaks of some places you ever been there in your life that's hard to swallow? Hard to imagine. That's a saying we say, it's hard to swallow. Or I'm that's hard to even swallow. I can't even imagine it. It's hard to even digest what's going on in my life. You talk to, there ain't no telling in this room. Things going on. There's no telling. It's happening. Hard, bitter places. Ain't it? And all on the cloud. You ever thought that the cloud hovered right over tomorrow? Said so this is, and they thought it was it. They figured out it wasn't. So I see this situation. They start off with a song of deliverance. They're singing. But this took their song right out of it. And if me and you don't be careful, you and I, we'll let this kind of things take our water. We'll take our song. Just because we ain't on cloud nine, we got no more song. I'm not trying to heart no more on it. Y'all get that too heart. Singing. I'm, I'm too corny, y'all. I'm sorry. I passed too many cornfields on the way here. My wife's giving me a stare right now. I better stop quick. I'm just... I better stop real quick. But I think of David in the Bible, Psalms 103. One of my favorite psalms. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is with me. Bless His holy name. David is a king. You think he'd bless God about his riches, wouldn't you? Riches all get out. I mean rich. I, I say, thank you, God. I'm a king. I got all the fame and all the fortune. That's not what David praised God about. Thank you, God. I got so many friends. I got all these people left. That's not what he praised God about. You go back and look at it sometime about what, what produces a song, what produces you to bless him with all that's within you. You know, he gave a long list of things. One, or I'll just name a couple of them. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Boy, he was still had a song because he was forgiven. He had a song. He said, who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who satisfy thy mouth with good things? I like what he said to us. He have not dealt with us after our sins. Boy, ain't you glad tonight God ain't dealt with you after your sin? 
nor rewarded you according to your iniquity. Boy, what I deserve. I'm glad. I, I feel like Jacob said, I'm not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and of all the truth which thou showed unto thy son. I'm not worthy of the very least mercy God's ever gave me. And he had a song because of that. But if you don't be careful, you'll let this type things, your search for water, not finding it. You finally think you found some water and you don't find it at all. You find it's bitter. Things of this life will steal your song. And I see the reaction to this situation. Look in verse 24. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? You know, that tells me the multitudes will murmur. Now, a lot of times I try to think I'm not with a multitude, that I'm a separate person. Like, man, I wouldn't do that. You know, I find myself often doing on that. I murmur. I get a little upset with God. Not saying, Lord, I'm turning back. I'm done with everything. I get upset with them. Lord, why is this happening to me? Lord, I stare at my neighbors. I stare at these other people. It seems like they're having the best life ever, Lord. And all I'm trying to do is just preach, love people, love sinners, Lord. Why am I struggling so bad? Why does it seem like they're getting more and more and I'm just trying to pay bill, Lord? Why is that, Lord? Get upset with God. It's easy to murmur, ain't it? They're just singing and now all of a sudden they're murmuring against God. You better be careful not to murmur against God. God don't like murmuring. You know, God, they didn't go over Canaan. We know at Kadesh Barnea because they didn't believe. They did not enter into Canaan. But do you know why most of them died in the wilderness? Because they murmured. You go and read, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 10. There's several verses that said that many of them died because of their murmurings. There is a right way to react. God cares how you react to things. How you are in your life right now, God cares how you're reacting to it. God might send you some things to see how you react. The multitudes murmured. I find myself there so often. You may just need to apologize to God, Lord. Boy, I have to do it often, Lord. I'm sorry. I've been complaining about where I'm at. See, look what Moses did. This is what God liked. God only showed one of them a tree. God only showed one of them the answer. You know why? Because he didn't murmur. Bible says the people murmured. But you know what Moses did? He cried unto the Lord. There's a difference between murmuring and mourning. There's a difference between complaining and crying. There's a difference of groaning and being grumpy. There's a big difference. God don't mind you crying. Boy, God, some of the sweetest prayers you probably ever give to God, just tears, heartache, sorrow, just give it all to God. Your heart. David said, pour out your heart unto the Lord. You might not even know how to form the words. If I just form the right words, God might hear this prayer. No, you just pour out your heart to Him. Tell Him exactly how it is. Moses, he cried unto the Lord. And you know right, what God did right when Moses cried to him? He gave him the solution. So we see the situation. We see their reaction to the situation. But now, and in closing, I'm going to look at the solution to the situation. How are you going to find water in your life? How are you going to find that joy? How are you going to find your song? It's in a tree. You may say, that ain't, that, that don't sound. And see, that's the problem. You're thinking it's in all these other things. That's pro- that's too simple. That can't be it. That's your problem. You know why some people don't get saved? They say it's too simple. It's got to be more on our part. It ain't on our part. Boy, I thank God it's for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But how many times do we think this Christian life is really about how much good we can do? How much works we can do? And we don't think it's as simple as the tree. What does the tree speak of? Jesus Christ. You think of a tree... You, you see so often in the Bible, a tree curses everyone that hang upon a tree. We know Jesus died on the tree. 
We know it ain't a steel beam. You can talk to anyone in this world. I can go to wherever, the Walmart. I can go anywhere to a store. Say, what did you, he died on a tree. He died on the cross. This is a picture of Jesus. And some things about this tree is this tree was present. It was there the whole time. You know what you don't realize in your bitter place? God's there the whole time. You know what's so sad is this whole nation went right by this tree. Their answer the whole time was right there by Mara. It was a tree. And every one of them went right past this tree straight to what they thought was going to bring them their song, what was going to bring them help to their home. And they went right to that water and figured out that water wasn't the answer. But oh, he showed Moses a tree saying, there's your answer. You want your answer? It's in the tree. How many times have I went to church broken hearted in sorrow in bitter places? And in my mind, I thought this is this house going to get fixed. And all along, I passed the tree. I go right past it. I pray you're not here tonight in a bitter place and you're going to pass up the tree. You can go walk right past Jesus. How many messages in my bad places have I been? I heard about Jesus. I just passed the tree. God showed him a present tree. It was a powerful tree. This tree did what nothing could do. Boy, they could have came with any idea and them waters have been that way for a long time. They're bitter waters. But one throw of a tree. One one tree. It was a precise tree too. Not just any tree is going to do it. He showed them a tree, a singular tree. That's the tree. You don't need a hundred of them. You don't need all these things in your life to find your answer. There's a single tree right there, Moses. I'll give you your help. It's a present tree. You know what's true in every one of us tonight? As a child of God, God is our present tree. God is by your bitter place. God didn't leave you. God said He'll never leave nor forsake. He is presently at your bitter place. But what do you have to do? They had to do this, and this can be the same for a sinner. You know, a sinner tries the same thing. They try everything in this world to find water, don't they? You ever looked at sinners in this world? They'll try everything. And they think that this will do it, this will do it. I mean, you can give, a, I can give a thousand things and still not even get close to naming all these things. They'll keep trying to find their water. And they'll figure out at the end of the day, it's all bitter. But the same with a child of God. When you see the tree, what you have to do is come to it. It's pretty simple, ain't it, first of all? God showed me a tree many times. Guess what? I wasn't willing to believe. That's it. I thought there had to be something more. Well, God, I know this is my answer. And we all know that. You didn't need me to come by at night and say, well, in your bitter place, what you need is the Lord. Why don't you instead just look in the tree, you come to Him and believe. Just come to the tree. You know, a sinner... If, if it's when a sinner hears the gospel, they see the tree. They are presented the tree. Here's the tree. Here's your salvation. It's in the cross of Calvary. Jesus shed blood. But you know what most sinners do? They look at the tree and they don't ever come to it. They walk out these doors and leave the same. But you know, many child of God has done the same thing. I have too. The preacher preached and told me the answer, what I needed. I knew, yeah, that is it. And I just go about it. I don't come to the tree. He had to come to the tree, but he had to bow at the tree. Whether the tree, we don't know whether the tree was just already on the ground. It was a limb. It was a tree down there, not a limb. The Bible says a tree. I ain't, it's a tree. I want to just create, it's a tree. We don't know if it's already on the ground or if it was alive. A little Danny theology, I believe it was a living tree. I do. But either way, it don't change the fact what they had to do. They had to bow to get it. Whether that tree was on the ground, their answer, and they went and had to bow down to get it, or whether it's a living tree, they had to bow down to cut it down. They had to bow at the tree. Do you know in your bitter place what God wants you to do is to bow? 
Your bitter place here tonight is going to make you bitter or better. I pray you hear that. It's going to make you bitter or better. I can take you through home after home. All kinds of Christians. All kinds of walks of life. And their storms, their bitter places has made them either bitter at God. They want nothing to do with church no more. They want nothing to do with anybody no more. They want nothing to do with God no more. Or I've seen it make some Christians real better. And they figured out God could do it for them. And you're either going to bow down at the tree or you're going to bow up at the tree. They could have went to that tree and said, I ain't getting low. Not until this gets fixed, I ain't getting low. You ain't going to find me. Boy, I've been three days in the water. I ain't happy about this. I'm not bowing at this tree. I'm not doing the work to pick up that tree either. I'm not doing none of that. You know what God wants them to do is to bow. Your darkest days when God wants to hear you sing. In your darkest days. You know when Job bowed in the ashes and worshipped the Lord's when it was his darkest day. When he lost his finances, lost his family, lost everything he had besides his wife. And he bowed and worshipped God. I ain't saying you gotta laugh this building. That ain't, that ain't, you ain't gotta do that. Boy, I've been there so heavy, you could be in the hospital bedside and you're so heavy, you ain't gonna have no, I'm taking a lot, but you know what, you might still, Lord. Boy, your heart, you're crying, you're pouring out your heart out, but God, I'm still gonna worship you. God is still good when the waves roll high. God is still good all through the night. When I've done all I can and I don't understand, God is still good. Clouds of doubt may darken the way. But shadows of blessings can come any day. He'll bring me through. And I'll stand and say, God is so good. You know what's amazing about Paul and Silas in their darkest day? They've done everything right. They've followed the cloud per se. They've been in the will of God preaching Jesus Christ. They found themselves bound in a jail cell. Not only bound, but they're beaten. Blood is dripping off their back. How do you know that? Because when the jailer got saved, he washed them. He cleaned them up. They're still in a bleeding situation and beaten. You know what they do? It ain't until this is fixed. Until the doctor comes by, then I'm going to bless the Lord. How many times do you get that way? You're even sleeping and saying, I ain't making no... Boy, that's a terrible place to be at. Being in a certain sickness. But if you think your song's only going to come if God heals you, I don't understand that sometimes God does that. God sometimes heals people and sometimes God don't. I don't understand that. But I do know this. God wants to hear you sing. And their jail cell, what did they do? They prayed and they praised. While blood is dripping off their back, can you really imagine it? Boy, they're doing the way. And while all this happened, what did they do? They worshiped God. That's when God wants to hear you singing. See, they were only going to sing when things were going good in this chapter, weren't they? Things go bad and they point their finger. I wonder in your bitter place, have you been pointing your finger? Or do you still have a song? Is your song robbed? Has your song been stolen by something in this life? I pray you get your song back. How do you get your song back? You come to that tree. Have you forgotten? I have not forgotten. God's only begotten. The price that He paid for my sin. You know, do your soul so good as to think about Jesus. Think Think about what He's done for you. Think about the old rugged cross. Kneel at the cross and Christ will meet you there. You come to Jesus and bow at His feet and worship. Not only did they bow, but they had to believe. They had to take that tree and throw it. That takes some faith. You know they bowed too when the waters weren't sweet yet? 
They didn't bow when they got all their water. They bowed when it seemed like they were going to die, but they still bowed. They still bow in their darkest day when death seems that it was knocking. You know what they did? They bowed. God, you're still my God and I love you with all my heart. God, I ain't a good Christian. God, I ain't a good preacher. But God, I want you to know that I ain't got over that you saved my soul. That you redeemed me. I ain't got over the blood of Jesus Christ. I ain't got over I've been made a new creature. I haven't got over you, Lord. You're still my lily of the valley, Lord. You're still my rose of Sharon, Lord. You're still my bright and morning star, Lord. You're still my deliverer. You're still my way, the truth, and the life. You're still altogether lovely, Lord. You bow. And they believe they threw that tree. Here's why I believe it was a living tree, because I believe they cut it down. Lost its life. Was carried. Was not our Lord, did He not give up His own life, died on the tree? Was He not carried by men to a tomb? This tree was carried and it was cast into waters, bitter waters. Bitter waters of death. And do you know in Wyoming, been out there several times, you look at them old museums and they show these ties that they use for the railroads. They throw them and use the river as transportation. Do you know what's amazing about them when they threw them big pieces of wood in? It would only go down for a split, I'm talking about a split second. It would get every bit of the water, even the top would barely go down and it seemed like it tasted the water, every bit of it. But not for long. Pop right back up. You know our Lord Jesus Christ did? He tasted the bitter cup. You see, you think your bitter place is bad, you ought to taste the bitter cup of sin. You ought to taste the bitter place that God went through. Why can I find help in my bitter place? Because God went through the bitterest of bitterest of bitterest places you could ever dream of. And He tasted the bitter waters of death for every man. But only for a few days. He got up on that third day. And you know what He did after He got up on the third day? He offered sweet waters to all who come. They, they didn't leave Mara. I pray tonight you don't think because if you get out of your situation... Well, if I just went to another church, how many times have you seen this in church? Well, if I just, that big church down there, that big old, that big old church, they ain't preaching, they ain't doing, they're just having a great time. I think I'll find some water there. If I go, I ain't getting no water here. I'm going to go over there. You know what they find when they go? They find it's bitter. I was just at a place this morning, the preacher, he's upset with where he's at. He said, God's hiding there for many years and he's upset with where he's at. But if he realizes his bitter place, he, his, his happiness ain't going to come from leaving the church. His happiness ain't going to come just because he's going to church down the road. That ain't going to be your joy. God did it right there in the smack dab middle of Mara. They didn't change locations. Could you imagine against Sweetwater and say, man, that's still the same tree. It still looks the same. See, God can bring sweetness to your soul and your situation ain't changed. You may still have that thorn of the flesh as Paul did, but you know what you realize? There's sweetness, there's grace. My grace is sufficient. I pray here you leave here tonight with some sweetness in your soul. Your situation might not change. You might not leave Mara. And you know what? I got good news. God got him out of Mara pretty soon. God led him to a place with 70 palm trees and a lot of waters. Good place. A victorious place. So much waters, they didn't even know what to do with. They just were at the roughest waters, now they're at the best waters. That's what God can do in your life. 
But will you let Him give you some sweet waters in your Mara? Things might not change. But you're going to let God, God, I've been bitter this too long. God, I've been too upset you too long about this. I'm going to let you make, I might not change Mara. My sickness might not change. My family might not change. Our, none of this might not change, God. But you know what? You can change me. Instead of asking God to change your situation, ask God to change you. God, change me. And what I like about it, being closed, I'll turn it over, brother. It's sweet. You only find sweet water one other time in your Bible, and it was a lie promised by a woman in Proverbs. It was a woman that flattered with her lips but couldn't deliver. See, this world will do that. It'll flatter, and it'll tell you this is sweet waters, it's sweet waters. And when you start drinking, you realize it's broken cisterns. You'll realize it ain't no good. It's bitter, it's bitter. But I can tell you what, who I've always found that brings sweet water to my soul. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. I know one that can bring sweetness to your soul. And it's Jesus Christ. Are you going to make your bitter place make you better or bitter? There is blessings in bitter places. God, I don't know how even all this happened today. I'm telling you, even last night I wasn't thinking about God knows how to design things. God's good at what? And this might have been for someone here tonight. You're at a bitter place. And what you need to hear is there's a tree that's been there the whole time that can bring sweetness to your soul that nothing else will. Preacher, you come. altars are open tonight and uh, I told you he sent me a message during during Sunday school maybe right before church and uh, I really forgot about it until I got home and normally I go somewhere and I check because I I don't just hear from him and uh, so anyway we got home but uh, I have no idea why God put it all together but uh there's been some dry times for me. I know there has been for you, but God bless my heart tonight with a message. And I'm thankful that in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of Mara, God provides a tree. Amen. Let's stand. If you need to come and just praise the Lord. If you need to come and bow tonight, just come on down. <laughs>